You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Thank you again. I'm honored to have your ears for this little bit of time in your week. Hopefully, it's going really great wherever I find you, whatever you're doing. I want to jump right in because, as always, I'm super pumped and excited about this. We are at episode 27, and I love that one because it has a number seven in it, and everything to me circles back to number seven. So, being episode 27, I could sit here and start talking about how it's a prime number and that's super awesome, but I won't because unless you're into prime numbers like I am, you would probably turn me off (laughs) and go back to whatever podcast you were listening to before me. Uh, If you are into podcasts, before I jump into the third agreement of the four agreements, which is don't make assumptions, might I give a plug to my newest favorite podcast? It's called Business Wars. Um, It's by uh, these people called Wondery. They don't pay me to say this. I really wish they would because they're super awesome and they probably have the money to help me out. The point being is that these people do these really cool um, history lessons on companies like these mega corporations that have gone head to head. So Netflix and Blockbuster and Coke and Pepsi and McDonald's and Burger King are all on there. And if you've ever wanted to know the history of some of your favorite companies or the bane of your existence if you are not a fan of some of these companies. Uh, the They're really awesome. Uh, the DC versus Marvel one is really super cool if you're into these new action hero movies uh, more than likely. Most of you weren't into comic books. Um, I wasn't into comic books as a kid, but I spent a lot of time in baseball card shops and people who sold baseball cards often also sold comic books. And so they were always around me and when the baseball card people would say, this comic book will be worth money in the future, I bought it because I was into collecting things that would be worth money in the future. They are currently in my parents' attic in Oklahoma, and uh, hopefully those people back in the day were right. And those things are worth money because they're just chilling. And one day, maybe I'll open it up, and there will be something really awesome in there, and then I'll be able to use it as a down payment on my house. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Uh, again, I was just listening to it today, and uh, what was the, I think I was listening to Ford versus Chevrolet today, and um, that was really cool to hear. And so I've listened to there's like 27 seasons. I've listened to almost all of them. All right, enough of that. Let's get over here to the third agreement of don't make assumptions. This is a really powerful. I hope that you have been following along the last three episodes where we went into the four agreements in episode 24. Number uh, one of the four agreements is be impeccable with your words. Number two, don't take things personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. And next week we will go into number four, which is always do your best. Um, As I'm writing my book for my other podcast, College Success Habits right now, which is geared towards the college uh, aged demographic, Uh, really about creating successful habits with themselves and also being mindful of the habits they create because I really do believe that it was the habits I started to create whenever I was 
uh, in my like six to 10 years old that eventually moved on to the habits I created in middle school and then high school and then obviously in college where my addiction really took hold of me. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even paying attention. I wasn't even mindful of what was going on when it came to uh, my addiction. Uh, Super bummer for me because, and for all of us, because there was definitely some times in my youth where I could have been more mindful of the decisions I was making. And so uh, I tell you all that about the book because uh, part of writing this thing is really diving into my own head and making sure that I don't just assume people know what I'm talking about when this is my book and this is what I'm discussing. So uh, giving lots of examples and and being very forthright and, and communicating clearly is really important. Um, so my show notes for this one, um, we're going to keep this episode shorter than the, than the past because I am in the process of writing the book and it's late at night and I need to get to bed so I can get up early and go back to editing it. Do not make assumptions. And this is important because when you do, you're mind reading and you don't have that ability. You don't. So when you mind read, generally, you're not going to get it correct. And even if you've, you're asking somebody, you know, what is it that they want to drink for dinner and they generally drink the same thing every time, this may not be the best example, but by assuming that they're going to answer back soda water, no ice, no straw, no fruit, like I always ask for no matter where I go to eat, um, you could be wrong. So again, probably not the best example because anyone who's spent any time with me knows that that's my answer every single time the waiter or bartender <laughs> asks me. But we're going to get in more to that and you'll understand it a little bit better as we dive in. Uh, my therapist loves to remind me to speak concisely, which I have an issue with on this show sometimes. Uh, what she likes to say is to take out 17 words you know, in your head before you speak, take out 17 words, then respond. So she's telling me that before I speak, ask myself, am I about to perform mental gymnastics so that I can get out of a lie, a confrontation, or an otherwise lack of integrity moment? If I'm about to do this, if I'm about to sit here and perform, and she calls it mental gymnastics when you're just throw, you're just word spewing at someone because the simple answer would perhaps hurt them, perhaps upset them, or just otherwise not be what they wanted to hear, right? And so definitely if you've had this, if you were out late at night, didn't want to tell your partner where you were, or if you didn't get your work in on time to the boss and they asked you why, and here you are in your head just creating this whack-ass story trying to not basically just say, look, I decided to Netflix and chill and binge watch Black Mirror last night. And uh, yeah, that's why my work isn't done. Right. So when you start performing mental gymnastics, and I really would love it if you guys would take that term and put it into your, your, your front cortex, cerebral cortex, trying to sound scientific-y, and that doesn't work when I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> take the term mental gymnastics and put it at the front of your mind and just ask yourself when you're starting to word vomit on people, is it because you generally just don't know how to answer it, right? Like, have you ever been asked something and you want to know the answer, but you don't? So you just start giving this long convoluted answer to hoping that it sounds somewhat like what they wanted to hear. So they say, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, that's awesome. Or go back to whenever 
you had to give an oral book report in like third grade and you didn't read the book. So you get up there and you just start talking about some random crap, right? And you're just like, you know, it doesn't, you know, I'm about ready to give an example, but then going off on a two minute tangent, just making up words as I go along is the opposite of what I'm talking about right now. So I digress. Just keep in mind what mental gymnastics is. When you start to use 4,000 words to answer something that would have just taken the word no or the word yes, then leave it at that and don't do the mental gymnastics. My roommate and I were recently talking about how it would be very comforting in this world if when someone asked you something and you just didn't want to do it, that you could just say no and not give a reason. Why do I have to give a reason? Hey, Jesse, will you come over to my my fourth, my fourth floor walk up and help me move a really heavy couch down to my truck and then drive it across town and help me move it back up another fourth floor walk up? No. Why? No. <laughs> why? No. <laughs> you don't have to give a reason why. I don't want to carry your heavy couch down four floors and up four floors. Task Rabbit and other things exist. You get them to do it. I'm old. I don't want to hurt my back. <laughs> All right. So that's enough of that. Keep mental gymnastics in your head and ask yourself if you're doing that when answering a question because you're trying to get out of a lie, a confrontation, or an otherwise lack of integrity moment. And we've talked about integrity a lot. So you understand what that means. Anything that goes incongruent towards this new, better version of yourself, right? You know when you're not being of the highest integrity I don't need to explain that to you. You know it. You feel it. You just don't want to admit to yourself whenever you know you're not being of integrity. So if you find yourself being a lack of integrity or lying or trying to get out of a confrontation, don't. No one wins when you try to convince yourself and others of something you know isn't forthright, true, and integrity-based. Bottom line, you've lived in that world already. Now you're sober. You're getting into recovery or you're already in recovery or you're wherever, right? Wherever you're at, you're not who you used to be. So be this new version of yourself. Be forthright, be true, and be integrity-based all the time. Trust me, I have found myself lacking integrity during certain portions of my sobriety and recovery, and I have paid for it dearly. Don't do it. It is not worth whatever you think it's worth, I can assure you. So now that I'm trying to get off my soapbox there, but I've just lately I've had my integrity within myself pushed to the brink and I'm not happy with myself. Um, that will be a story for another day because I'm still in the grips of figuring it out and I'm not quite yet to the point where I'm ready to discuss that publicly. It uh, has nothing to do with me drinking or anything. I, I've, I'm still kicking along right and proper. Here comes month 31. Um, but let's just say not every day, week, month is always um, of my highest version of myself. So when you're thinking about making an assumption, don't. And three keys to not making an assumption. Uh, number one, ask questions. Sounds simple enough, right? You might be assuming right now, what was I just talking about whenever I was saying that I have lacked some integrity lately? Is it horribly wrong or is it just something as simple as eating the last cookie in the pantry and lying to my roommate about it? I don't know. 
I don't know. I do know. You don't know, but we'll discuss it later. Um, for now, thinking about asking questions, um, basically, are you a mind reader? Are you trying to mind read right now what I was just hinting about? Assuming you know what other people are thinking or feeling about you is a limiting thought, and it serves no purpose in your personal growth, sobriety, and recovery journey. So when it's like somewhere in here, I've got, check out this quote from Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements. In any kind of relationship, we can make the assumption that others know what we think. And we don't have to say what we want. They're going to do what we want because they know us so well. If they don't do what we want, what we assume they should, we feel hurt and think, how could you do that? You should know. Again, we make the assumption that the other person knows what we want. Then a whole drama is created because we made this assumption and then put more assumptions on top of it. So this is why you ask questions, right? If you just assume that you know what the other person wants from you, right? If you just assume, okay, here comes Valentine's Day or here comes Super Bowl Sunday, regardless of which one of those you care the more about, right? They're both in February. If you just assume the other person knows what you want them to do for Super Bowl Sunday or knows what you want them to do for Valentine's Day because they know you so well or you dropped hints or you discussed it three weeks or 30 weeks ago, you're setting yourself up for failure. Certainly, if you have expectations of what they will do, if they don't meet them, whatever they are in your head, whatever this story is you're playing in your head, if they don't meet them, you're going to be disappointed. Because you expected something without exactly laying it out. Like, just write it on a piece of paper. Here's what I'd like. 12 roses, some candy, and a nice dinner, or a back rub. Like, oh, it's not romantic if I have to tell them. Bullshit. What, what, what is this? Are we in high school? Just say what you want, and then they have the choice to either do it or not. This is also something that works for Super Bowl Sunday. Maybe what you want is a bunch of barbecued ribs and your friends over, and you want to just hang out and eat some chips and dip and laugh and enjoy yourself, right? right? But if you don't say that to someone, right, and then they assume that you just wanted to hang out by yourself or that, you know, order, getting a frozen pizza or they didn't even know it was Super Bowl Sunday because they don't give two dams about football and they hear you yelling at the TV, but they're not listening to you when you talk about it, then that's on you. Write it out in a list. Just because they do what you ask doesn't mean that they didn't want to do that for you. It just means that they were willing to do what you asked. I have many times heard someone say, Jesse, this is what I would like you to do. And then I've still not done it. Almost like I didn't want to be told what to do. So screw you, I'm not going to do it. That's one, that's, that's asinine. And that's not living an integrity-based life. But two, like, I don't even know how to go. I mean, two, what is the two? I mean, it's one, it's don't do that. Like, well, if somebody asks you to do something and you specifically don't do it just out of spite, that that's just... That's stupid. That's a dick move. It's like putting your spoon in the sink when you know that your roommate hates you doing it, but you do it anyways to spite him. That's not integrity. So just don't do it. But two, if they've asked you to do it and you do do it, that doesn't mean that you're a schlub or a schmuck or that you gave in to them. 
that means that you respect them and their, and their wants, needs, and desires. And if it was within your realm of capability, then you did it. And that shows love and compassion and passion or whatever it is that's a positive emotion and feeling and action towards that person. So ask questions. The best way to never ever have to assume is just ask the person what it is they meant, said, feel, want, need, desire, etc. Whatever it is, just ask. I think people are afraid to ask sometimes because the, the answer they receive back might be something they don't want to do or might be something they won't enjoy doing, but they know they'll have to do it. You can still say no. That person may not be happy with you. I have many a time said no, and that person has not been happy with me. But that's what I wanted to do. This is what Jesse wanted to do. This is what Jesse's doing, right? Like, this is what you'll do. Doesn't always have to be what the other person wants you to do, but at least have the manhood or the womanhood to say no. Okay. Three keys to not making assumptions. One, ask questions. Two, listen to the answer. When we try to read minds, we will usually get it wrong. And this will definitely lead to misunderstandings, arguments, and many other undesirable consequences. So listen to the person's answer. Give them the space to give you their answer. And be considerate. Give them the consideration to not interrupt. Which is tough because we live in a society where people love to interrupt. It's like if you take a three-second break to gather your breath and your thoughts other people got to jump in and start putting in their their opinions, their thoughts. That doesn't do anybody any good. Don't be that person. Okay? Stop and listen. And here's why. Humans are storytellers. It is our nature. Now, I'm reading this from my show notes because this is a quote from Miguel Ruiz, but it ties in perfectly here. Humans are storytellers. It is our nature to make up stories, to interpret everything we perceive. Without awareness, we give our personal power to the story, and the story writes itself. With awareness, we recover control of our story. We see we are the authors, and we don't like. if we don't like our story, we change it. This is why you have to listen. Because if you're not listening, then you're not hearing the other person's story. You're not, you're not being self-aware with them. You're being a storyteller in your head while they're busy talking, giving you the actual answer that you should be paying attention to. You're in your head building up a story, which is still going to lead you to assuming. Don't assume. Assuming is why we're making up stories to begin with. All right? You want to keep your power. When you assume, you give up the power that the knowledge of asking would have brought you. And when they're telling you the answer to your question, that is not the time to start tuning out and going off into Jesse world. I literally will get up from my computer. I will put my headset on and I will just pace back and forth in my room while I'm talking to someone on the phone so that I can give them 100% of my attention. If you're with them in person, real simple, just look them in the eye. If you still tend to drift off and get into your own head, I call it the triangle. Look at one look at the left eye, then right eye, then nose, then mouth, then right eye, left eye, nose, mouth. Then you can go you just just basically just start creating a triangle between their nose, mouth, and both their eyes in whatever the hell order you want. It's this isn't like has to be this way or it doesn't work. You're not hypnotizing yourself to pay attention, but you are 
keeping your eyes focused on their face, which will keep you present and in the moment, grounded into what's happening in front of you so that you actually gain the knowledge that you have just asked for. So here we go. Step three. First two, ask questions. Number two, listen to the answer. Number three, and this is supremely important, guys, turn about is fair play. Be equally open when they ask you questions so they don't have to assume. Don't be playing mental gymnastics here and being dodgy and cagey with your answer because what you're getting ready to say may not be something that they want to hear. When we communicate in a way that leaves no room, no room for misunderstanding or interpretation, we alleviate any space someone would have to assume. This is why my therapist says, take out 17 words and then respond. Because when you're using 4,000 words, when one would have done the job properly, you're leaving room for interpretation and misunderstanding, which will lead to more assuming. Because it's, it's like in, it's in the human brain's natural habit to create a story. Human civilization stories were created by word of mouth. We didn't have the printing press for thousands of years. The only way one village knew what happened in the other village was that somebody would memorize a story, learn a story, and then take it to the other villages. We are natural storytellers. So do not leave room for misunderstanding or interpretation. And then the other person can't just make up a story because you said exactly what you meant to say in the least amount of words possible so that it was clear and concise. Now, there's the three. Ask questions, listen to the answer, and be equally open when they ask you questions so they don't have to assume. Now, this process could feel very vulnerable. I expect that it will feel vulnerable for a lot of us who have been in the old world of using and lying. The fact that it's vulnerable is awesome. It's in that vulnerability you will find the healing and the recovery from the past experiences that led you to not asking questions and assuming to begin with, right? It's in that vulnerability you will find the healing and the recovery you so desperately desire that you want, that you need. It's these past experiences that occurred, somewhere in there, it got programmed, it became a habit in your mind that you had to use too many words or that you couldn't ask the question, so therefore you assumed because you, if you ask the question, it might be no, and heaven forbid, right? So, It's from those past experiences. Those experiences led you to not asking questions. They led you to assuming. And they led you further down your addiction hole. This is the new you. Sobriety and recovery is something that you covet, that you hold on to, that you share with the rest of the world. So be vulnerable. Ask questions. Listen to the answer. Be equally open and honest when they ask you questions and be okay with the fact that you're not always going to like the answers they give you. That's where you communicate more. If you're willing to do what the other person's asking of you, then do it. But if you're not, then be open and be honest about that. One of the last quotes that I will leave you with when it comes to the Don Miguel Ruiz 
is that there's so many of these quotes. I don't even know which one to go into. Um, one of the ones here that I really that, that I caught on, I flipped back over to the page on the internet, and it's it has something to do with love and vulnerability here. And because we're doing this, not assuming in this open communication, just remember when you aren't openly communicating, when you aren't uh, being that person that you know you can be, then it's just not right. And work on that. That's what I'm doing. I'm working on that. That's what I'm doing. I'm working on that every single day because that matters to me. So this is one of the ones that got me. Uh, I'll leave you on this by Don Miguel Ruiz. You are no longer responsible for anyone's opinion. You have no need to control anyone and no one controls you either. You don't need to be right and you don't need to make anyone else wrong. You are no longer afraid of being rejected you don't have the need to be accepted. You can walk into the world with your heart completely open and not be afraid to be hurt. I really want you guys to take that one in. Go over to Podbean. Listen, look, I, I'm putting all three of these quotes into the show notes. iTunes isn't always the best with them. Sometimes it crunches them all together. I read this one because this is where people assume. Because if you assume... Like if you if you don't if you just rather than just ask if you assume it's almost like you are you're afraid of being wrong, right? Or you're afraid of of the other person proving to you that they're right, right? It says you don't need to be right and you don't need to make anyone else wrong. You are no longer afraid of being rejected. I think that's why I used to assume. I think that's why a lot of us assume, because if you just assume. Right? Like, what is the saying? Better to beg forgiveness than ask permission. Right? If, you, if you're afraid of being rejected, then you just assume you know the answer. You just assume you know what the person wants. Because then you don't have to be told you're wrong. And then you just do whatever you were going to do, and then you get to be rejected later? Like, right? Like, if you didn't nail it, it on the head, if you weren't able to read their mind and get it right... Then ultimately you're just gonna get, you're just pushing off the rejected, but but I guess I guess later on you can say, well at least I tried, or it's the thought that counts. Well, it's sort of kind of the thought that counts, but if you'd had the thought to ask them what the hell they wanted to begin with, then you wouldn't be standing here in front of them saying, well it's the thought that counts, because the thought that you would have had was to ask them, they'd have given you the answer, and then you would have just gone off and gotten them what they wanted or done what they needed or whatever it might be. But you're not looking for acceptance here. You're looking to show love. You're looking to show vulnerability. You're in a relationship or you're in a friendship with someone. Don't assume you know what they want. What they want. Don't assume you know anything. Right? Ask them. Now, you're not asking them for acceptance. You're asking them to show them that your heart is completely open. You're not afraid of being hurt, and you want to hear what they have to say. So there you go, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, as always, 
please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcasting app you're on. Um, I say that every time I end this show because, one, I think I was taught that. But two, um, it's been working with College Success Habits. It's been ranking in the top 10 and 20 consistently over there in education. Um, If you know anyone in college who would love to hear uh, some of this growth mindset awesome stuff I talk about, but uh, without the whole addiction uh, umbrella above it, Please send them over there for that. But also, but with this show, oh, what I was saying is with that one, I've gotten a lot of people to subscribe, rate, and review, and I'm noticing that I, that 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 it helps. Um, and so I would love it if you would subscribe, rate, review. Um, hit me up on Instagram. I've been away from it for a little while. Gosh, I think I've only posted three or four times in the last six weeks. Uh, I've been hammering away at this book, and so I've been organizing a bunch of memes. I'm getting ready to launch back into it. I turned the book into the publisher on Thursday, so this will finally be on and past me, and it's been three different phases of going through this thing, and uh, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey, and uh, you'll know all about it as I know more. So that's it, guys. I love you much. Be awesome. As always, the power of positive energy, release, and flow. Be kind to one another until we meet again. 